Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. I have wanted to do a series or a few intermittent podcasts with, quote, normal jobs, end quote. And I've done a small animal trapper and a few other people who are just in a, quote, normal job that seems so interesting to me when you dive a little bit deeper. I have a very affable guy here. He is a plumber that we have come to trust, which I believe is priceless in terms of service jobs. I'm going to talk to him because this is a dirty job and I want to know why he started and do plumbers really make more than lawyers, which is the tale of lore that I have heard. So, this is Aaron, and I'm going to try to get this right, Lavatovich, which is Czechoslovakian, he tells me. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> and you said this is no longer around, so let's just call it Czech. Yeah, I think that works. Okay, so say it in your native tongue. Oh. <laughs> Lavatovich. That is really good. Thank you. Now, are you, how removed are you from Czechoslovakia? Very, very. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. No, I'm actually mostly Italian. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. so Mario and Luigi plumbers. Yes, it works. It was just destined <laughs> to be. Yeah. So before we started, I said, how do you pronounce your name and what's the name of your business? And it's Aspire Plumbing. And you said, because I aspire to be anything but a plumber. <laughs> I aspire to retire is really <laughs> what I'm more looking forward to. And then I said, how did you really come up with that name? And this is fascinating. So Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E. Why did you choose that name? Um, essentially, yeah, it's been almost 20 years. I think it was November um, 2003 when I started my company. Okay. So, I mean, we're coming up on 20 years, which is scary. Um, <laughs> I didn't have hair then either. No, it's been a long time. I had more hair. But uh, back then, the internet was, uh, I mean, it was obviously it was there, but nobody really used it. Most sure. of my clients... Uh, that I got were through the phone book wow. and you needed primacy in the phone book. And so, yeah, you wanted to be in the A's. You wanted to have a number. Numbers go first. So wow. yeah, like one, two, three plumbing, they're going to get. So when people open the phone book in a panic because their water heaters exploded, you want them to open it up, go to plumbers and you're at the top of the list. I would so. have never thought of that. Yeah. But like there's A to Z. That's our appliance person. Yeah. That makes so much sense. It's less important now, I, I think, just because 
even older folks I've got, I mean, now I've got 85 year olds who are sending me money through Venmo. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody for the most part uses the internet. Yeah, sure. And, sure. You know, or referrals. That's, so that's the main thing. The name and how you get at the top of the Google search. Have you thought of through that? Well, then I'd actually want to be busier than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that is a thing where, you know, we can talk about that probably at some point, but I no longer need, because oh, wow. after I've been in business for as long as I have, I no longer need to chase every job. Wow. I pretty much just go off of referrals and work with existing customers. Okay. So, yeah. so that's kind of the dream position. I'm living the dream. That's, <laughs> that's what's happening. Yeah. You don't need more work. That's a good spot to be in. For the most part, it does help that I've got a fantastic wife who works at U of I. And, oh, sure. Uh, you know, when I was the sole breadwinner for a family of five. Wow. You know, pretty much turned nothing away. Okay. They're just, you couldn't. Yeah, sure. So. Do you have kids? Uh, between us, we have seven. Are you kidding Age six me? to 21. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot of kids. I didn't know that. So, it's a Brady Bunch situation? Plus one, I think. Yeah, I think they only had the six. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we're insane. <laughs> okay, so how many are under your roof? Well, let's see. Um, we are both divorced, so we both have our kids 50% of the time. Okay. Uh, but my oldest is 21. He's a mechanic. And, okay. And uh, he's in an apartment. Um, and then I've got one in, who just started in psychology at U of I. So wow. she's in Weston Hall in the dorms. Okay. Um, one one so, tuition right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's taken on most of that herself. She got uh, a lot of loans, a lot of grants, and uh, yeah, so she's pretty self sufficient. Okay, great. Thankfully. But we do have the five, so we've got the six, two fifteen year olds. Wow. Um, Eleven, nine, and six. The two fifteen are they twins? No, you each um, have a fifteen. She has a yeah. He's about six months older than wow. my fifteen year old. Is your fifteen uh, year old a girl? Yes. Oh my gosh, the dynamics must be. So fascinating. Well, right now, they've just started living together. We moved in together a few months ago. And so far, I think it's in the honeymoon stage. There's not a lot of competition for the bathroom. Oh, yeah. There might be competition for body armor, drinks, and, and Gatorades, because those go fast. How many bathrooms do you have? Three. Okay, good. Yes. And you'll keep them fully operational. You know... <laughs> That is the goal. Yes. Though the last thing I want to do is work on bathrooms when I come home. Sure. So, um, yeah, if one goes down, hey, we might just have to deal with two. Okay. So we remodeled our home, okay? And this was our first foray into this series of a project. And so our contractor brought on his own subs, right? Mm -hmm. And we had a plumber. And at certain times, I won't name the business or the name, (laughs) but... Chasing him down, um, one time my husband found him like in the kind of like out in the driveway smoking a cigarette, like having a nervous breakdown. Every time we talked to him, he had to punch a new hole in the drywall. Um, he withheld at the very end um, the inspection because he wasn't paid by the contractor. No. So it just became an absolute nightmare. And so I held on to him for quite a while because I just didn't know of anyone better. So in my opinion, when you find someone who is good and reliable, it is like gold. And I think you are good and reliable. Thank you. You seem intelligent. You form good full sentences. You're responsive. So is that 
a core of your business and why you don't need to really seek a lot of work because it comes to you? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some general contractors because a lot of my work is not service work. It'll be remodels. Um, So I've got like a a design group that I work for that their jobs are always incredibly challenging, but Mm. they're they're lucrative and they're interesting. Can you say who that design group is? uh, Spectrum Design Group. Okay, we've Uh, hired them, Aaron. They are phenomenal. I've never done work that's that difficult. Like everything is a challenge just because they don't order anything off the shelf everything Mm. is is unique and i mean they have a team of designers in there that always come up with some cool stuff but there's a phrase that i hate it's called make it work oh yeah and i've heard that for years from designers and you're like well i've got you know 20 pounds of stuff how do i fit it in a five pound box sure well you have to figure it out and so they always challenge me but you know i've got a lot of clients that I think do appreciate somebody who doesn't just grunt when they walk into your home. Yeah. Um, I really try hard to uh, avoid the plumber crack. Um, and, uh, you know, just I'm try to be a little bit more upscale. Yes, <laughs> I. you are that. And if I text you, you text me back. If I'm in an emergency, you talk me through it, even if you can't be there physically yeah there was this I, that time in the in the basement i think with your ejector pump yeah i, I was out of town and uh yeah it's like so it, that was sewage yes standing in our basement yeah before we went out of town <laughs> in the middle of a huge deluge rainstorm yeah now that should have been isolated from the the rain should have been isolated from it the was. sewage pump which is good but we didn't know that yeah because you had mentioned you said sump and i'm like oh man that stinks i'm out of town you know and so i gave you some referrals and that's one of the things you know being a one-man show i can't always get to people sure so that's where the big companies like lands or uh-huh. A&R, you know they've actually it's always a challenge i mean it, whenever i have to refer a, a valued client to them i worry are they going to come back yeah 100 percent. and almost always they do yeah so. that's interesting plus they get the invoice from lands and find out you know do you oh. feel like your pricing is different than a big company like that yeah uh periodically i actually uh, call around oh, um wow. and uh, just see what people are charging and i'm I think I might be the only plumber in town who's still below $100 an hour. Okay. Um, and everybody tells me to raise my rate. But I, don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing okay. Okay. So. Why don't you raise your rate and get that greedy? <laughs> uh, because I suffer from massive imposter syndrome, I think. That's a, that's a lot of it. You know, I, I definitely feel like I'm paid well enough. Mm. And I hear horror stories about certain large companies that will charge $3,000 for a water heater, twice what I will charge. Wow. And I think, well, if they can get away with it, why not me? But sure. I just seems... So there's some ethical, moral... Yes. I, I already don't sleep well. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that would, that would hinder my, uh, my ability to sleep even further. Sure. Okay. All good things. You talked about Spectrum. So we've hired them, Aaron, okay. for a project in the basement. And... It'll probably be early next year. Okay. So you probably might be on that. Oh, I hope so. That's so interesting. So would you rather do large-scale, challenging, make-it-work projects or a bunch of small, quick hits Hmm. making people's day? $100, $100, (laughs) $100. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... uh, That you could do in your sleep. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a... 
gentleman, this guy named Charles, and he was my foreman 21 years ago. And I actually talked him into getting into business. And every time I see him, he goes, Aaron, damn you. Oh. This is the worst thing ever. But he's joking. He's been doing it now for 16 years. Sure. And uh, he always says, whenever I see him at the supply house, man, I'll tell you what, if I could just get a job replacing flappers. Oh, really? Eight or nine times a day. That'd be great. To me, that would just get boring. Yes. You know, my first job was bagging groceries, and it was mindless. It was simple. Anybody could do it. And at first, I liked it. But then the lack of variety, the lack of challenge yeah. just got, you realize, I'm going to be doing this. I could do this 30 years, and uh, you know, there's no tangible yes. benefit to it. And then at that point, maybe you'd start grunting when you came in the door. Yes. And the crack might start showing. <laughs> Well, you know, I always wear a belt and uh, try to try to keep it tightened. That wasn't even on my list of questions. The plumber's the crack. Plumber crack. It's, yes. Yeah, it's a running joke. And I have gotten that from people where they're like, oh, I actually had a lady, an older lady in Urbana. And I walked in and I got under the sink and I've never felt so objectified because oh she goes, oh, you don't have no plumber's crack. Oh, my God. Like, oh, um, yes. Could you back up a little bit? That was my next question. Have you ever gotten hit on? Or like had a woman inappropriately walk around? Uh, the worst I've ever had was when I would work on campus. I used to work oh, for God. property management companies. And, um, you know, they'd have, you know, a thousand units. And so you'd get a, a work list of, you should go check out a toilet here, sink here, whatever. And uh, invariably it was... Women in apartments that, you know, you show up at 1030. They they're just, they're just waking up. Nobody told me they were coming. <laughs> and they're wearing like, you know, a teddy. <laughs> Can you? All right. Or their boyfriend's like oversized t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then they just kind of linger. Oh. Back up, back up. So, but yeah, I've uh, never actually been hit on the cliche movies. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, doesn't uh, like bored housewives hitting on the servicemen. That's like a, that's a thing. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've uh, never actually really experienced okay, it, which is well, probably good. You still have time, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. now you're taking it off the market. So <laughs> that's the thing. The power of the one ring here. Yes. You there know. you go. There you go. Okay. So why and how plumbing? Hmm. Uh, well, I came down from the Chicago suburbs. So is that where you're born and raised? No, I was actually born in Fairplay, Colorado, but we moved back to Illinois when I was very little. My mom and dad divorced, and uh, we, I was—I actually grew up in Bloomington Normal. Uh, but then uh, we moved in with my grandparents, who were elderly and needed assistance. My, my grandmother had emphysema. And so I did junior high and high school in the South, uh, South Chicago suburbs. I always say South suburbs. <laughs> Assuming people think Chicago. Uh, but I came down here to get a, an advertising degree in 1993. Wow. So I came to U of I. Very different I, than plumbing area. Yeah. I really, well, I wanted to be a teacher. My grandmother had been a teacher for 32 years. Uh, I fell in love with English Lit, took uh, about 27 hours of English literature, and uh, decided I was going to be a professional student. I wanted to be a TA and eventually get my PhD. And then... Professor Rick Canning pulled me into his office and said, Aaron, don't do it. Hmm. And I said, why? And he said, you have to love this if you're going to do it. He's like, I'm going to be lucky to crack 60,000 by the time I'm 40. Wow. And I'm probably just going to have to go anywhere in the world that has a, a job for an English lit professor. Okay. So I kind of panicked, um, went into advertising. 
So switched majors? Yeah. Um, I was in journalism, which I transitioned to pre, it was like a pre-advertising. At that time, you could not be an advertising major as a freshman or sophomore. You had okay. to guide yourself into it. So that was my fallback thing. Um, so I was like, all right, well, the last two years of school, i got to really focus on advertising. And I hated it. The last year, I, I mean, it, I found it difficult to even go to class. And I realized I'm running out of time here. I got to grow up. What did you uh, not like about that major? um, Talking in front of other people. Really? Uh, uh, I hated that. I'm I'm still really averse to it. Um, But yeah, and there was a lot. I I think everybody thinks when you do advertising, you're going to be creating ads for Coca-Cola and changing the world. Like Mad Men, like Don Draper. Yeah, exactly. And it's not. 90% of people in advertising are basically accountants. They manage uh, media purchasing and so forth and are, uh, you're stuck in, in um, actuarial tables of, well, here's the demographic that watches this show at this time. And, okay. and so it's really, really dry. And I had a job uh, over the summers painting houses with a company called Restoration Limited, and they were fantastic. I thought this is what tradespeople are. They both had masters in fine arts. One was a printmaker, one was an acting artist on the side. He had a studio downtown. And over lunch, they would eat vegetarian sandwiches and they'd cross their legs and listen to NPR and talk about amazing things. And I thought, this is what rednecks are. This, this is it. I love this. This is cool. And so I was like, I think I want to do this. Okay. And I realized that, you know, I need a trade. Mm. So my uncle, uh, who is a graduate of U of I, he says, I know a plumbing contractor, Kenwood Sullivan, Sullivan Plumbing. Okay. And they were very, very close friends. He said, I'll, I'll talk to him. Yeah. And he got me into the union. And uh, for better or worse, <laughs> here we are. But it was one of those, well, it's an opportunity to go a different direction. And let's see where it takes us. But uh, then I realized there's no going back. <laughs> so it was going to be kind of a temporary thing in the beginning. Um, it kind of was, because uh, I, I actually left U of I, three classes shy of my degree. Oh, my to, God. To start plumbing. Um, and uh, I went back. I finished the degree one class at a time. That's expensive. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I did it Tommy Boy style, seven years. Wow. Because uh, four years of full time and then one class per year. Oh, my God. Got it done. So, you know, just like a doctor. Seven years, you know, so an advertising degree. Was it important for you to get that final degree? Yeah, it was. Just close that loop. And my mom, um, she's passed away, but that was one thing, you know, she was very supportive of me. Sure. She's like, you found something you want to do. I encourage you to do it, but you've come this far and I expect you to finish. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was going to say, as your mother, I would say, get that degree. Yeah. I was going through my fire safe the other day and I found my crumpled up Aww. diploma. I'm like, oh, well, they didn't give me a cover for it. No, Come you have on. to buy the cover. Yeah, That's extra. I was ticked off. <laughs> Did she get to see you graduate from uh, college? Did yes. she know that? Okay, good. Yeah, okay, definitely. good. Okay, so you go from going to be a English lit professor to a plumber. Uh, hmm. Yeah. How did that I? That was how uh, it's kind of started? Yeah, well, it was uh, the house painting... That was kind of the new version of um, bagging groceries for me. Oh, It okay. was like, I can do this a million times. Yeah. 
And I know some painters who just love what they do. Yeah. And there is a tangible outcome to it. For me, it felt super repetitive. But that company also did um, like remodeling. Okay. They would do kitchens and baths. And that's what I liked. Okay. And I saw this uh, gentleman named Lee Stoops, who was a jack of all trades, uh, master carpenter. But he did everything uh-huh. except painting because he had been traumatized as a child <laughs> by his father. Uh, <laughs> Making him paint? He would make him paint. And they would every time they'd paint the house, they'd actually have to use heat guns and strip the house oh, in man. the middle of summer. And then wow. re- redo it. So he was like, I do everything except painting. <laughs> but I watched him solder copper. And I thought, that's magical. Wow. That's really cool. I want to do that. So that was where plumbing came in. And then I talked (laughs) to a number of people. I always wanted, I thought carpentry was great, but I spoke to a couple of people who were carpenters and they said, we spend about three to four months a year unemployed. There just isn't enough work. So I asked around and of course, plumbing and electrical were the two trades that had the greatest consistency of employment. Sure. Were you worried that it wouldn't intellectually stimulate you enough? I was at first, but then I saw the code book and Illinois has one of the toughest codes in the nation. Okay. It's not the toughest. And the thing is about two and a half inches thick. Okay. And uh, I was telling my kids, if you guys want, if you can't sleep, I'll get the code book. Wow. And you can read through all of this. And you basically have to memorize that thing to be able to pass the Illinois plumbing exam. When you say code book, what are we talking? Illinois plumbing code. And so it's uh, full of rules and regulations, limitations on your, your pipe sizes and vent lengths. And I felt like if I can master this, I can, I can do anything. Yeah. And then, I, you know, once I got into plumbing, I realized, oh, yeah, there's plenty of challenge here. This wow. Is, yeah. Okay. Of course, the first day I started was, was it March 9th? 1998, there was an unexpected snowstorm and I had no winter wear. Oh, no. And that's another thing. Plumbers, everybody thinks that most plumbers do um, toilets. And, sure, and indoor. Yeah. 90% of the work or better is the guys out there in the freezing cold and the, the heat. And really? They're installing the pipes in the walls that you never see. Okay. You know, and all the stuff below the ground in the slab. And I did never really thought about it in no. those terms. I showed up for work thinking, all right, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, oh, you're going to learn that you did make a serious vocational error. <laughs> yeah. Because it's cold out there. So you learned the code book. Yeah. You passed the test. You got in the union. Is that to simplify it? Is that correct? Well, uh, actually, what do you do? Uh, you start studying the code once you get into the trade. Oh, interesting. And so they're going to, they just tell you, hey, here's your book. You get a license, uh, an apprentice plumbing license. So you get to pay every year to uh, crawl in the mud. <laughs> that <laughs> but, seems backwards, though. You get in, then you learn the, the code book. Yeah. Well, that's the idea is that you're required in Illinois to have a minimum of four years. And in the union where I started, um, it was five. Okay. But every day you're supposed to be learning. So it's under uh, someone who's yes, licensed. Exactly. Okay. Um, you're not legally allowed to work by yourself unsupervised until I think your third year. And then you're, you have indirect supervision where somebody comes by, checks your work. Um, and fourth year, you're, you can pretty much work on your own. Um, but uh, they might have loosened that. I don't know. It's been a long time. I don't sure, that sure. 20 years. Do uh, they put you with someone or do you pick who oh, no. you're going to apprentice under? No, you, you get put with somebody. Uh, in the union, the way it works is just they have a certain number of 
licenses mm-hmm. and they can have a certain number for every license they have. I believe they can have an apprentice. Okay. Um, now, if you work in a private company, they set it up differently. You have to work underneath somebody. Somebody has to take you on their license and um, they're responsible for your work. So oh my gosh. if you don't do a good job, they actually can be held kind of liable <laughs> for your negligence. Sure. Um, so yeah. Best and worst foreman you've worked under. Oh, I lucked out. I remember being on the, on the jobs and you'd get the, we had a great, great company. The, the Sullivan Plumbing was fantastic to work with because they had nobody that I didn't like. Oh, that's so nice. And, and it rare, was a, I'm sure. A, yes, because you'd be working alongside electricians and you'd have that old timer calling his apprentice every name in the book <laughs> and he couldn't do anything right, you know. You damn ass, what the hell are you doing? Oh, come on, I might as well bring a monkey on this job. And it's like, wow. And uh, I remember I worked under a guy named Hank Neiman. He was fantastic. He was from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, by way of Minnesota. Oh, so my he gosh. Had, he talked like this, you know. Oh, I love and it. And he was never in a bad mood. And even when you screwed up, he'd say, well, I guess we won't do that again. Oh, eh? that's sweet. So, like yeah. Fargo-ish. Oh, he hated that movie. <laughs> I remember him seeing it and he goes, yeah, saw that movie Fargo. I said to my wife, you know, hey, they think we all talk like that. And she said, well, you do, Hank. But, uh, yeah. So yeah. you got all pretty good, relatively good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, didn't, I didn't have the bad guys. Why do you choose union over private? Are you private now? I'm private now just because... Um, my son is actually looking at potentially doing a career change. and for, This is the mechanic? Yes. He's okay. not a mechanic. He's not sure that it's really for him. Sure. Uh, he texted me the other day and said, how much do apprentice plumbers make? <laughs> I'm like, are we, are we considering a change, son? And uh, he said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering about it. So uh, the biggest advantage is, one, you're guaranteed to learn in the union. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. There are benefits guaranteed. Now there is no paid leave. I'll never forget that when I asked them in the interview at the union hall, um, I said, you know, what's the vacation package? You know, <laughs> is there any vacation time? And they looked at each other and laughed and they're like, you can take off as much time as you can afford. Oh, wow. And, and, oh, so there's no time off. So that's one of the drawbacks, but they do have great benefits. You will learn and learn well. Everybody who comes out of the local is a welder, mm. You're a certified welder. Uh, you get med gas training so you can work at hospitals. Oh, um, And you can do refrigeration, reclamation, and charging. So okay. You, you basically can do HVAC as well. Okay. So there's a huge advantage to it. Plus, you start, I, I believe, at anywhere from sixteen to twenty dollars an hour. Wow. And then you get regular raises every six months. I believe you get a like a dollar raise. Wow. Guaranteed, plus a contract raise. Does it cap? Yeah, you get up to, uh, once you're a journeyman, every journeyman um, is supposed to be the same. You're all trained the same, and they don't want competition for pay. Hmm. And people going, what does he make? What do you make? Um, so everybody knows what everybody makes. And I think mm, it's around $40 an hour. Wow, so, okay. But that's by, by the time you've served in the trade for five years. Sure. I mean, it's the equivalent of getting a, a college degree, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of reward in it. Um, for me though, as a business owner, it's cost prohibitive because even if you just have yourself, you have no employees, you have to pay into a benefit system, which is totally understandable, but you have to pay into that benefit system based on working, I think 40 hours a week. Okay. Even if you only work 10 and it's 
like $7 an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just not viable for somebody like myself. So at what point did you decide to pull away from the union and go open Aspire? It was pretty quick. Um, I think I got my license and was in business for myself six or seven months later. Wow. Just uh, because I, I wanted to get away from the new construction thing, and I, I wanted to focus on repair and remodel. Okay, so. interesting. Okay, so when you started, were you really um, competitive and crawling and scratching for business or did it come to you pretty easily because the need was so great yeah too i I mean that was when uh my ex-wife decided to stop she was she was in marketing and advertising and she decided you know we decided she was working to just pay for daycare oh sure yeah so she decided you know i can't do both yeah we talked about it she decided you know to stay home and i was like yeah Okay, that means I got to get serious about this. Yeah, a nine month old, <sighs> and uh, so yeah, just take whatever you can get, including drain cleaning, which I no longer do. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, no, that's what Schoonover Sewer Service is for because those guys are amazing. Um, but uh, I don't do a lot of drain. Most plumbers don't actually. Okay, what is drain cleaning? That's all it is. Um, drain cleaners like uh, like I have a clogged drain. Yes. So if you've got like. Um, gurgling in your toilets or, hey, there's sewage backing up out of the floor drain in your basement. Okay. Um, that's all that they will do. They, they're not plumbers. They don't come and fix broken pipes. They come and make sure that your drains are clear. And they snake it. Yeah. And uh, it requires a lot of expensive and specialized tools and a lot of expertise. That oh, takes really? time to get, yeah. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you can break the pipes. You can, oh you can break your snake off in the drain. Oh my god! And then that's a disaster. You don't do it. Why? Um, uh, the one really nasty experience I've ever had was doing. You know, when I would take anything. I remember my kids being really little, and uh, yeah, I went to went to snake a drain out. And uh, you got a call for a clogged drain. Yeah. And the people had continued to use their bathroom. So the toilet, the whole house, like the main sewer was was clogged. And I had a machine and I'm like, hold hold on a second. So what is going on in their home that led them to believe there's a problem? Um, I I think there was feces coming up through their tub um, because every time they would flush the toilet, there was nowhere for it to go. Okay. The tree roots had gotten in there or something and it was all backing up. And that's Every drain. Yeah. No drains in the house were working, but they're like, well, you know, we'll just keep using stuff. And you uh, get this call and you're kind of new ish. Yeah. Yeah. That was a poor choice. (laughs) So you go to this house and what do you do to attack the problem? Uh, well, that was the thing. Their clean out was on the inside of the home, which is always awful. Okay, what's um, the clean out? The clean out is on every house in Illinois, within five feet of the foundation, either inside or out. You have to have a screw cap, basically. Screw cap. You unscrew that and you've got access. It's a pipe that gives you access to the drain. So you can snake it. You can clean it out. Do you know where mine is? No, we should probably check that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's hopefully it's not inside the home okay that's, that's bad because then when you take that cap off everything that's backed up no comes out okay are you in street clothes when you do this 
Um, well, plumbing clothes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Not like a hazmat suit. No. And that's the, yeah. And yeah. protective goggles and all that. I did have the goggles and all the, and gloves, but I wasn't ready for the back pressure of, uh, when we uh, opened that up and it was just disgusting. And I'm like, never again. And I haven't done it since I've still got a machine, but yeah, that was the one nasty one. And I did get the drain cleared and, uh, I think I burned my clothes <laughs> literally. And, uh, yeah. Were they around when this backup came through? I don't think so. They were upstairs. So you're alone in the basement. Yeah. yeah it was a good time. Did I have a flashbacks now. It's like traumatic. Are you responsible for cleaning that up? Uh, no, actually. And I don't think, um, um, like, what do you say to them? Um, yeah, you just say, hey, well, the drains are working. But, you know, especially when a, somebody continues to use the bathroom, it's like, you made this mess. Oh, really? And that was the thing. They just continued to use the toilet, and it was just overflowing. It was disgusting. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, and I, guys like uh, Scoot Over Sewer Service, I, you know, I take my hat off to them. They're, they're amazing. They deal with that stuff all the time. Were you able to identify what caused the problem? Oh, that actually was, it wasn't tree roots. That was um, tampons. Oh, okay. So you physically found the item? Yeah, lots of them. Oh, um, shoot. Yeah, it was in the trade. They're called, they're called mice because they got no. the tail. And so it was like, what'd you find in there? Oh, full of mice. Well, yeah, I remember hearing somebody say that. And uh, I was like, what, what is that? And he's like, oh. Uh, tampons, you know, feminine hygiene. Uh, don't flush those. Okay. What should we never flush? <laughs> Everything. Um, My dad yeah. used to get so mad at us as kids. Nothing should go down there except for toilet paper. We'd put Q-tips, yeah. Yeah. cotton pads, cotton balls. Yeah, things like that don't break down, and then they expand, too. Oh, and then, um, so generally... And I know there's a big push right now uh, in in the trade. There, I've actually seen like public service <laughs> announcements. Um, like hey, I know it says flushable, but you know everything's flushable. Like sure. light bulbs are sure. flushable. Sure, sure, sure. Um, which is always an interesting one to try to remove. But uh, yeah, um, the flushable wipes, even those are troublesome because they're very very thick and they don't get enough time. Over time, they will break down a little bit uh, and soften, but. There's a lot of times where I hear those get pulled out in like dozens of them blocking a drain. So when I called you that day that we had, we're going on a trip, I'm doing the laundry in the basement, I go downstairs and I step in water Yeah. and I could smell upstairs. I had kept thinking I was smelling something, I was smelling <laughs> something. And so when I stepped in the water, I kind of put everything together and it wasn't water as we know. So you weren't able to come. We called this big unionized company, right? And he was great. And he came and he took out the motor that had been burnt up in the ejector pit. Yeah. And he was able to physically remove the item that burned up the motor. Okay. And it was a thick towel, disposable towel, guest towel. And I had a stack of them in the downstairs basement. Yeah. We had a guest. There was no trash can down there because no one ever uses it. So I flushed it. And yeah. so he flushed it. And that one item 
wreaked havoc and thousands yes. of dollars. Yes, those things are are absolutely terrible. But um, and that's another thing is the the pumped systems. That's another rule in Illinois, and it's a good one. Is that whenever you have plumbing in a basement, it has to be on a pump, um, not a gravity drain, um, because in that instance, as so many people have found, if the sewer backs up at the street, uh-huh. you can end up with sewage from all your neighbors oh, in your home. Sick. So all your basement plumbing needs to be on that pump. Now the pumps are even more strict about what you can put down there. Not even flushable wipes. Correct. That's what he said. Yeah. So that poop is our house's poop. Yes. It's not the neighbor's. It's just yours. Oh, that's a little bit of a relief. <laughs> but like it overflowed, so you have to take up the drywall, the trim, yeah. the flooring. Oh, a half inch of water. Like it's some pumps. It, it, it ruined. Yeah. It's thousands of dollars, you know, and such. It, From it ruins one your month. little towel. Yeah. Yeah. Disposable towel. Yeah. Anyway, so I always find it's interesting that you can pinpoint the exact mice, yeah. as you say, mouse. <laughs> That caused it. Okay, so don't put Clorox wipes, don't put flushable wipes, don't put anything but toilet paper. Right. Pee and poo. Yep, that's it. Okay, what is the craziest thing you have ever found in a drain? Well, um, like I said, I don't do a lot of drain cleaning. Mm-hmm, anymore. But um, I will, like if it's a single fish, somebody's got like a clogged toilet or something, do a lot of that. Okay. Um, and half the time, all I need is a plunger. You know? Oh, wow. Um, uh, I think we did find a diamond earring in your drain. That was pretty cool. <laughs> was uh, that the most valuable thing? Yes. Yeah. Long time ago, I don't know what the value on it was, but I had a panicked college student um, who had lost a ring, a family ring, she said. And even though she was like in an apartment, she could have called Nate and she's like, I don't trust them. I need oh, a wow. plumber. So she paid out of pocket, and she was so happy when she got that back. So I don't know what it was. It had some some gemstones in it. I, I do remember that. Let's talk yeah. about that. My earring, I was messing around. It went down the drain. I stopped. I did not turn on the water. I called right. you. You immediately came over on a holiday. And what did you do to get that out? I think I just took the trap apart. Okay, um, so there's a little the piece of the bend of the pipe under the sink. Yeah, I think that I should know. I think it's called the J bend because if you take it off separately, it, it looks like a letter J. Okay. But yeah, that's where heavier things will collect as long as you don't flush a ton of water down there. So yeah, you did exactly. Do the not right turn thing. the water stop. on. Yeah, it's like stop now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So the hope is that it settles in that trap. Right, because once it makes it past that if there's enough water pushes it past that it's it's open season it could be anywhere it, and, and it could be God. out of your house in, in a matter of 30 seconds if there's other water running because then okay. it gets into the branch system oh my god and yeah it's a goner yeah exactly so if it's not in the trap you're probably out of luck okay and you were able to get the earring yeah so that worked out well yes uh, that, that was... this is definitely the most valuable thing the coolest thing was a blackberry a phone uh, yeah it was cool because you could call and, and, no. and you could hear it ringing inside the toilet because it had gone out of the bowl and gotten stuck up high at the, the top where there's no water. Okay. The water kind of finds its own level. And so you could call it and hear ring, ring, ring. No you know, way. It's fantastic. And then... Uh, Did you I get that out? I was able to get it out. I used um, like a, a snake attachment and actually pulled it back out. And uh, I turned it on and it said, bubble breaker, game over. No. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I gave it to the the mom, and she's just like, oh, I'm going to 
kill that kid. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that happened a lot at like the bars, you know, if we oh. would have our phone in the back of our pocket, yes, pull down our jeans and boop, it goes right in there. <laughs> I always tell the kids, I know what goes on in here. There's a lot of phone time. So please hold your phone out in front of yes. you. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. And don't. Blackberry earrings. Have you ever gotten like physically sick from something? Like it was so gross. This is like making you gag the smell. Or do you have a pretty like strong constitution? I was going to say a lot of kids. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of diapers. Yeah. You know, I've never really had a problem with like dirty diapers. Uh, never, never gotten never gaggy. Never been an issue. Uh, vomit is is one of the oh. things where I was like, oh, cleaning up kids, vomit, you know. But then I also, my son had serious like reflux issues. And so he kind of had to build a strong stomach. And again, because I don't have to deal with a lot of drain cleaning, it probably saves me from a lot of the horror stories that I've heard. I do know guys who work in like uh, funeral homes. Oh, shit. You get a drain clogged in one of those. There's no limit to what nastiness and awful stuff could be inside. What do you mean? Uh, Human tissue. um, Oh, like dental offices can be really bad. There's bits of teeth and bone. And those are the things that people don't think about. But those... Those drains connect to the sewer too, and there are there are interceptors, and they are dealt with, you know, in code approved manner. But if they get clogged, it's going to be gross. That's disgusting. You know, well, I don't blame you for not wanting to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, it's I yeah, I, I do know a guy who cut into one of those pipes. I mean, he had blood all over, uh-uh. and, and he just yeah, he he threw his tools down. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> not. Yeah. Yeah, was that a funeral home? That I think might have been a dental office. Oh, disgusting. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, so how do you feel about being a plumber? Do you feel, I think some people might think less than of this kind of a service job being a dirty job. What would you say to someone who puts you at a lower echelon? Um, You know what, this is one of those things too. I think I'm, I'm blessed having such good clientele. I don't have to experience that. I always feel like I'm appreciated. You do. Um, I have had times where I walk in and uh, definitely people are like, it's over there. Oh, but yeah. I think you get that in any trade, any any service. Even attorneys, I'm sure there are people who are just like, fix this. Yeah. You know, if you're paying for a service. I want it done now. Yeah. Let's just make it go away. Yeah. So, but for the most yeah. part, you feel appreciated because you are kind of saving the day. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's uh, been good. And I think, too, with being a plumber, I think people know the experience that goes into most people. Yeah. Know that, you know, it is it is a very limited trade. It's the only trade that has a license. Oh, um, I didn't know in that. State. I mean, I can go right now, say, I own a hammer and a tool belt and mm-hmm. say I'm a general contractor and put mm-hmm. a shingle out and print up business cards and I can try to build you a home. Sure. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh, plumbers, uh, even electricians, uh, Urbana requires a license, but the state does not. Okay. Interesting. And talk about a safety hazard. Yeah. I was just going to say that's involving fire and sparks. And- I know a lot of guys who say, I do electrical. I'm like, uh, you should not, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is something that can burn your home down. Sure. Literally kill someone. Sure. If it's done incorrectly. Uh, but plumbing for whatever reason is very protected, you know, huh. because when you take the test too, um, when I took it, 70, I think 78% of people 
Every time they took it, failed it. It was that hard. Wow, it's like the real estate test. Yeah. Is it that hard? Yeah, okay. very hard. Yeah, I've, I've heard horror stories about the real estate yeah. exam. Um, but yeah, the, it's basically to try to keep out dunces. Yeah. They don't want every, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry going out there and saying they're a plumber. Sure. And it, you know, I, so I, I think because of the barrier to entry, get a little bit more respect. Have you ever made a mistake or made a problem worse? Because <laughs> you said like you snake a drain no. and then this, <laughs> and then the snake breaks off. That can happen. It, it's never happened to me. That's part of the reason. Um, like I think larger companies actually kind of say, you know, you, when you hire us, you are signing Jeez. like a waiver that if this happens, not our problem, mm. you know. Every plumber, I'm sure, has had moments where you're like, you misdiagnose something. You're fixing the wrong thing. Or you find one thing wrong. You think that's it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, there's the leak. So you run a bunch of water and then you go downstairs and find out, nope, that was minor leak. Shoot. And there's water coming through the ceiling. Shoot. Uh, I've definitely had that happen. <laughs> so, yeah. Do plumbers make more than lawyers? Have you heard that expression? <laughs> I have, yeah. Okay. Um Unless they own a big company, probably not. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the attorney. Sure, sure. But, and uh, the plumber. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the money's good um, once you've paid your dues. And obviously, like, if you work for a large company, you're probably making anywhere from forty dollars to $80,000. Okay. I mean, even a union plumber, if they work just 40 hours a week, they're probably making eighty, eighty-five, something like that. Okay. Um. And, uh, you know, it can go up from there. Uh, they do frown on overtime because time and a half gets very expensive sure, as a business owner. Um, but, yeah, most most plumbers I know are just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. You know. If you have a company of your own and you aren't hurting for work in our area, do you think you're making about 100000 a year? Mm, probably. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Somebody asked me just the other day. And uh, they were intoxicated. <laughs> so they were probably a little bit more blunt uh, than he would normally be. But uh, he just started talking very specifically about money. And I just said, you know, I don't work 40 hours a week. I don't want to. Um, you work I, less than that? Yeah. Um, I've got a huge project going for Vonderheide Construction in Urbana. Those will eat you up for time. Okay. And you definitely can get 40 hours in on that kind of stuff. Or you're going to fall way behind. But when I'm focusing on service work, I might work three to four hours a day. Wow. The problem is those three to four hours are spread out because you mm. can't schedule everybody back. To yeah, back. yeah. So your first call's at 8.15. Well, next one, you finish that in half an hour. Next one's not till 10. Oh, shoot. Um, you call the person. Hey, can I get in a little bit early? Oh, sorry, I'm at the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I guess I'll go to Menards. Oh, restock. Yes. So you spend a lot of time in between calls. And then, of course, there's paperwork. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't get paid for that. There's a lot of just, you know, kind of housekeeping issues. Sure, sure. Part of the advantage that I have is that I, you know, because we have so many kids, I can take them to school. Yeah. I can pick them up from school. I can stay home. Right. You know. Uh, if need be, when I've got a sick kid and my wife needs to get to work, she sure. has to be in the office that day. Sure. What's the most frantic job you've ever got a call on? Mm -hmm. Anytime somebody's got, you know, flooding in the basement. Is know, that the, the most common? Yeah, because water's coming up and the higher it gets, the more damage there is. You start yeah. looking at, you know, damaged furnaces and water heaters and that's when it's, you know, go run, you know. 
uh, or water uh, coming through ceilings. Oh my god! Um, you know, in a finished basement or something like that, you get a frozen pipe or a broken. I had one not too long ago for a really amazing client uh, where a water line just blew apart on a toilet. I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars in damage Shit. that did. So, okay. Yeah. Um, is there any suggestion you can give people with the cold weather coming? Yes. I was going to suggest to you that we remove your hoses. I, uh, okay. I, I did that yesterday. This one on the side yes. is still connected. Oh, it is? Yeah. I saw that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I was like, uh, after this, I'm going to have to go get my pliers <laughs> and take that off there. But yeah, hoses um, have to be off. Okay. Yeah. And because the water is going to freeze, expand, yeah. break the pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the, the newer um, hose bibs, like you have uh, the older style, which are just, they just screw on. They don't uh, have any frost prevention on them. Um, in some ways, those are actually safer because they don't give you the illusion of security. Okay. The new, well, they're not new. They've been required for decades. Um, they, they say frost free. They don't say frost proof. Um, they, the way they work is when you turn that handle, it actually seals about a foot inside the home and stops the water. So there is the pipe that terminates outside the house that your hose connects to. It's supposed to drain out. It can't drain out if you leave your hose on. Okay. So yeah, you definitely, I, I've had people where you, you know, they go and, and you always find it in spring because mm. it's not until people turn it on and find out there's water. Shit. pouring in the ceiling oh my god downstairs uh but in spring when you go to you know water your lawn for the first time or whatever that's when you find it and i've had people with like, i've got all three of them are frozen and so uh, disconnect the rubber hose from the wall yeah that's it that's the best thing you can do yeah i've seen people run a little stream of water when you get super cold stretches where we get those little polar vortices uh, -huh. uh yeah, then especially if you've got a cold cabinet on an exterior wall, a lot of kitchens like yours, you know, the plumbing's on the outside wall and it gets really cold in there. Shoot. It's not a bad idea to keep water moving. Just okay. a slow stream. We've also had like where this sink wouldn't, the water wouldn't yes. go. Remember that? I yeah. Think, yeah. Because, uh, sometimes the pipes run through spaces, cavities where there's like a wind tunnel in there. And if you could get your hand up in there, you could feel it where it's like ice cold air. Yeah. And there's no way to really get to them. Mm. Um, never use a torch. You're not supposed to use any sort of flammable, um, you know, oh, we'll heat it up with a torch. That'll that'll oh, help. God. And you can burn your house down doing sure. that. Um, there's not a whole lot you do, but leave the faucet open. Try to get it running. Crank the heat in the room. Okay. Um, and that's about all you can do. Because if you leave that for a long time, it can get freezing, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah, man. That panicked me when I yes, when I went I to open that. that faucet and it wouldn't go. I was like, "Oh my god, there's going to be a frozen." Pipe. You're just waiting for it to suddenly rupture. Yes, yeah. um, that's one thing where you know I think the new, old and new pipes have a little advantage over coppers. Uh, the galvanized resists bursting. Oh, okay, uh, you have a lot of galvanized in this house, uh, but then the PEX piping, the plastic tubing that uh, you know, I hate. But it does resist freezing. Okay, really well. Okay, it'll expand. Okay, a couple more things, and I'll let you go. Okay, the grossest house you've ever been in. No, man, hoarders. Um, that's one of the things when you do any sort of trade where you work in people's homes, you get to see how people live. Disgusting. And sometimes I'll walk to homes that, on the outside, are meticulous. Wow. And then you go in, and it's like uh, nobody's up 
created anything in this home. It's like the carpets from the 1970s and everything they've ever owned is in that house Mm -hmm. where you actually have to find pathways through the home to get Mm -hmm. to the bathroom. And And you just have to pretend like you don't see anything. Yeah. The hard thing is to not, you know, never know what people are going through. What sort of hardships mentally or physically or, you know, lifestyle challenges that they've met in their lives and what's why, you know, they've found themselves in that predicament. Sure. But you just go, oh, yeah, I thought our house was cluttered. I love our home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes me appreciate. This is great. Honey, we're doing such a good job. I can make it to the bathroom without weaving through bags of old clothes. (sighs) Okay. People who won't pay. I Mm. noticed that some people who come in that house want to check before they leave. Yeah. And you invoice after. Yeah. Um, Is that a case-by-case basis? Do you ever... You're running the risk of not getting paid. Yeah. I've had some people... Uh, I've got one guy right now. I have sent him 12 invoices. Jeez, He's oh. a neighbor of mine. <gasps> and I know he can afford it. He just doesn't want to pay that $304. That's and so I just kind of keep sending him. That's less than 1%. It's like half a percent of people ever. Um, so I generally just trust people, especially once uh, they're established clients. Okay. You know, um, now if it's a big ticket item, uh, like I buy everything pretty much on the spot. Right. Pay COD. So if I bought you a thousand dollar water heater, I basically need to get paid for that on the spot. So then I'll, I'll do a loose invoice. But now that I'm accepting credit cards, which is costly, it does mean that people pay a lot faster. Oh, cause it's auto- more automated. It's so quick for them. They just, enter instead of sending a number. check. Yeah. 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 Okay. I have like one guy, uh, he's about 93 years old and he still insists on sending checks. Oh yeah. And his check, like I love his check numbers. They're like 20,407. <laughs> You know, he's had that account a while. <laughs> what about tipping? Do we need to tip our plumber? No. It actually makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Really? Um, I do have a couple of amazing clients who just every time they'll stuff the, the money into my top pocket or something like wow. that. But, but uh, it makes me very uncomfortable. I'm like, you're paying for premium service here. It's, it's, it's premium money. I mean, it's almost $100 an hour. You don't need to tip. Okay, so that's not something you expect whatsoever. No, uh, not. I mean, it, for delivery, uh, like we got a new sectional delivered the other day. I definitely felt like you know these guys are making fifteen dollars an hour or something. They definitely need to be tipped. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, especially for self-employed plumbers, union plumbers, we get paid well. Okay. We're, we don't need it. Okay. This person who stuffed it in your pocket or whatever. So if you were going to get tipped, you'd rather like not know you're getting tipped per se. Versus like, here's 20, you know, handing it hand to hand and making you uncomfortable. Well, it, it, it does make it because some people do look at it as no, you know, you're insulting me if you don't accept this. Mm. Uh, so it does make me feel a little uh, uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, if, if I resist it three times and they go, no, yeah, yeah, buy yeah. yourself some lunch. It's like, OK, fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for better or worse, I don't have to deal with that too much. But OK, yeah, got like maybe two clients that do that. Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. You're wonderful. Tell me, please, how can people get in touch with you if they need your assistance and not for drain cleaning? (laughs) Or anything gross. If it involves bodily fluids, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, I don't actually have a web presence, but uh, the best way is just uh, probably through text. Okay. Uh, My cell phone. It's 217-637-3460. 
Okay. 217-637-3460. That's it. Okay. Have you ever gotten a bad Yelp review or Nextdoor? Uh, you ever follow I have, anything I never on Nextdoor? Them. And everybody, you know, almost all of my new clients now are referral or Nextdoor. Yeah. Nextdoor is a big one. But Do you I, ever get I, on there? I don't. I'm, I'm terrified of what I'd see. It's a hotbed of crazy. No, that's it's what I... I I think uh, there's always this uh, belief in the back of my mind that you're either going to get super exuberant positive stuff sure, or you're going to get like crazy house yeah. negativity. Yeah. And so I don't do it. But normally I just hear people go, saw you on next door. You got really good reviews. Thought we'd give you a call. Yeah. You know? okay. okay. So it's worked for you. That's yeah. Good. So far. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. However your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye!